Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to Good News at Noon Wednesday, the deeper edition, as we get ready to go a little bit deeper into the message for this past weekend. So those of you that are joining us on our podcast uh, for this version, uh, we're just so glad that you can join us as we get ready to start a new series of sermons and podcasts regarding the contentment commandments. Ten commandments on how to be more content and bring a greater sense of God's freedom and joy into your life. So we are just glad that you're with us either online or with our podcast as well. Uh, Pastor Scott is not with us today. I'm not exactly sure why. I'm not sure either. He had some responsibilities he had to be taken care of this week. So we are uh, we're going to Sands, Sands, Pastor Scott, just Tommy and I. Hopefully... Some of you will stay instead. (laughs) I guess we'll see how. Regardless, yeah, I guess we'll see how many people stay, huh? (laughs) Yeah. This new sermon series, I'm really looking forward to it. I was learning so much about it because as we start a new sermon series, we kind of, or at least I will take some time to prep kind of all the messages for the whole series and just kind of get a sense of where I want to go with them and so forth. And um, I just really like where this is leading us. Forget the name of the pastor that we're drawing some ideas from. Uh, Furtick. Uh, Steve Furtick, that's right. And not a pastor that I was terribly familiar with before kind of prepping for this sermon series, but uh, like some of the ideas that he has, um, like some of the ways that his ideas lead down some different paths where we can do some more research, this idea of contentment, uh, we're a pretty discontent society, I think, in general. You don't have to look much farther than the news or even just look at the way people can discuss ideas with one another, which is kind of not at all, uh, to realize that there's not a lot of contentment. Content people are able to accept opposing views, opposing ideas, um, and even admit that maybe they were wrong or that they don't have all the answers. And it doesn't seem that people are quite as open to doing that these days. Well, even if you look at, like, um, maybe... Um, personal debt, like financial debt, you know, I mean, we tend to want to live outside of our means. Um, Don't we, though? We get a lot of information from outside sources telling us about how we could be so much more content and happy if we have these other things, you know, yes. marriage um, and, or divorce rates, mm-hmm. you know. We if we had a, a prettier wife or a nicer husband or a newer car or a better house, those are the things that will bring you contentment, yes. right? A better face cream, um, less lines, less wrinkles, bigger muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? None of those things are necessarily bad. A nice wife, uh, a good husband, not bad. Fewer wrinkles, great. But those things don't bring real contentment, real joy, real happiness. And so we're going to look at a biblical perspective on what brings contentment. So uh, we hope that you uh, will get something out of this new sermon series as we begin. So let me begin us with a word of Let's pray. Lord, once again, we are just so thankful for this opportunity to come together. And we just ask that you bless our time here as this Wednesday group gathers and goes a little bit deeper with this idea of what the Bible tells us about true contentment. Anyway, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
All right. So we started with this, I kind of given an, an overview of some of the different uh, categories we're going to go over. So Tommy, let's take turns reading them. So this week was going to be, we were going to deal with the first contentment commandment, which was thou shall rejoice. And then we're going to do thou shall refuse to resent. What? Not resent? I'm, I can't wait to see what yeah. Pastor Scott has to say about that one. That's going to be good. Thou shall appreciate all seasons, which is good. I know that uh, we were kind of prepping for that, and we we're going to use the verse from Ecclesiastes, to everything turn, turn, there's a time for every season under heaven. So we're looking forward to that. Wait, so we have to appreciate like the summer season when it's 112? I know you, you love the heat. <laughs> love the heat. Um, thou shall keep a secret stash. And you mentioned that on Sunday, and that's interesting. Can't... What is that? You're going to, you're yeah. going to, okay, I'll give you a little hint. That one is this idea, you know, when, when you run out of something and somebody pulls and says, hey, man, you know, hey, we're out of beer. I got a secret stash. I got a six pack in the, the refrigerator, you know, or I got a, or someone says, oh, I've, I've run out of whatever it is. And someone goes, I, you know what? I got a little extra on the side. Got it. Got it. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to have a little, little extra contentment, little extra, uh, God on the side when we get in difficult situations. Um, next one is thou not shall not confuse the supply with the source. That kind of speaks for itself. Sometimes we think, it's more about what we have, and we forget to recognize the one who is the giver of all those things. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt not downplay disappointment. Right, I like that. Thou shalt recognize. That's more about just kind of being aware of your blessings a little bit. Um, do these two go kind of hand in hand? Thou shalt release, and thou shalt receive. Yes, thou shalt release your frustrations, your angers, your worries, and those shalt, thou shalt receive because it's after releasing that you're able to be more open to receiving. So yes, those two will go very much hand in hand. In fact, I think the last week we're going to do the last three together. So it's thou shall release, thou shall receive, and then thou shall remain. Hmm. So uh, I was really excited that we, um, you were doing the, the Philippians and Paul because I did a really great Bible study with a group of women a few years ago mm -hmm. do, through Philippians, and it was talking a lot about joy and contentment. And it's like a nice... It's just a nice refresher, and it's just such a great reminder, kind of when you really take into account what Paul's situation was at the time. Yeah, um, you know, Paul. If you think about it, what the, we are going to be using an awful lot of the Philippians, the Book of Philippians, for this. We'll be pulling some scriptures from some other places as well, but it's it is a book of joy and contentment. Paul is just. He just loves the Philippian church and the people that are in it so much. And you kind of just see that in the way that he kind of comes across. God bless you. I thank my God for you. You guys are the ones that helped me out when nobody else would. You see this over and over again in this book. And um, he's writing it from prison. He's in jail. And the outcome is very uncertain on what's going to happen to him. And yet he's able to write with such joy and freedom. It says a little bit about the really this ability to find him. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the the kind of the theme verse for today because one of the key things to learn about this is that contentment is something that can be learned it isn't something you have to be born with you know so be, well, i just wasn't born with a very content attitude um tommy would you fall would you feel like you fall into that category oh that it's not natural yeah be, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it does not come naturally to me to be content <laughs> right right you know for some people it is a little bit easier uh to be content like my son, I have a son and daughter, and they are same household, same genetics that I, as far as I'm aware. And 
my son is just so much more content and easy going and my daughter is just about the opposite of that well i did have a question and i don't know if we're ready for it with kind of how we're proceeding but what is the balance so then i kind of was thinking about it you know like am i not content or am i just trying to better the situation or kind of you know um solve a problem what's the how do we differentiate between kind of being content but also wanting to maybe like you know improve or better a situation yeah i agree 100 percent, and that is going to be very interesting so in philippians 4 10 11 paul writes these words he says how i praise the lord that you're concerned about me again i know that you've always been concerned for me but you didn't have the chance to help me not that i was ever in need for i have learned how to be content with whatever the circumstances so paul teaches us a lesson for those that maybe are born there's hope for my daughter that she can learn to be content there's hope for all of us <laughs> yeah i you know and it's funny because i am not by nature a very content person either i tend to be uh kind of like okay this is done let's move on to the next thing and have very, take very little time to celebrate the achievements that have happened or to really be appreciative of what has happened in the moment because I'm always I'm always ready for the next thing. Let's see what else we can do. What other challenge can we overcome? It's, a, it's kind of a competitive trait that I have. And I have had to learn over time to be a little bit more content. So uh, it's nice to know that that is something that is possible. Um, and what was your question again, Tommy? Um, my question was about how do we balance contentment with you know, trying to better a situation or maybe improve a situation or ourselves in yeah. a situation or even like solve a problem that's kind of yeah. existing. Well, you know, that's really interesting because when you look at the life of Paul, Paul, even though he says he learned to be content, he never stopped really working and striving for the kingdom of God. He was a very hard charger. He was always kind of getting to something new. So that is a balance. Contentment doesn't mean you just sit on your butt on the couch and don't try to ever do anything. You don't work hard. You don't try to improve your situation. You don't try to improve your relationships. Contentment is more about in the midst of the activity and the busyness, um, learning to just be able to look around and appreciate what mm. you have. To experience and understand the freedoms you have in Christ, because this is a big thing about Philippians, that it, and Philippians really addresses this issue about God isn't a God that restrains us. God is a God that frees us up. And so when you can learn to live with that freedom, and that joy, it brings greater contentment, but it doesn't mean you, you don't do stuff. Mm -hmm. You're still called to be very active in the world. Um, yeah, so that is, that is a balance. Um, because sometimes people feel that they get their worth and their, well, I guess their worth and their meaning from the things that they do mm -hmm. and the things that they have. And this series is a reminder to us from God's word that those are not the things that bring true commitment, contentment into your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Or would you want to say any more about that? Well, I guess I'm thinking um, like on a situation of like a marriage that's struggling, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, how do you balance, you know, I'm going to be content here and not just be like, oh, I need something better, but I also want to improve it. I don't know if like, uh, I guess maybe sometimes I interpret it as like content means just accepting what it is. And then just that's what it is versus, you know, but that's probably not what true contentment mm -hmm. really is. But I think that's maybe the perception. Right. Yeah. I, you know, and another part of contentment isn't about everything being just so. Mm. It's about letting the things that are not just so. Uh, it's about not letting them control your emotions. Mm. Your relationship isn't everything you want it to be. 
So you can obsess on that, mm-hmm. right? Or you can learn to be content with the things in your relationship that are good mm-hmm. and continue to work on the things that are not good. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit of a focus. Right. Do you focus on what you don't have or what you do have? Do you focus on what is wrong or what is right? And this series kind of helps us learn through the power of God's Holy Spirit to, to focus more on the things that are, are right in our lives. Because even when life isn't very good, in all honesty, there's probably still several areas of your life that you can focus on that are, are pretty good still. Mm-hmm. Even when it doesn't feel like life is very good. Doing a funeral for a gal on Friday. Her husband just passed away of cancer. Fairly young. I want to say she's in her late 50s mm. or so, 50s. Um, so he was as well. And it was really interesting. He was trying to hold on to get to his daughter's wedding. Um, and he died the morning that his daughter was to get married. Mm. So what? here's an example. You could very easily, that could have ruined the whole wedding, right? I mean, you could imagine. This is your dad. He passes away on the day of your wedding. It could have just been a complete disaster for that family but you know what they did instead they realized that physically he probably wouldn't have been able to attend the wedding anyway and so they were able to focus on the fact that she really felt like her dad's presence Mm. was available and there and so that him passing away that morning actually made him spiritually able to attend the wedding and for her to feel his presence Mm. and I thought to myself that that is a, a very mature spiritual way to look at that situation, you know, rather than focus on what was wrong with the situation, my dad passed away, focus on what was right, he's no longer suffering, and now he's in heaven, and he can spend, he can kind of participate spiritually in the wedding, so we're going to be, that's really the kind of the things, and I really, that first point, it's important to understand that you can learn to be more content, and this is what the sermon series is, because there's this really difficult thing that happens in our lives, where we know something here, and yet it just doesn't translate mm-hmm. into the way we live we live and think, right? We can know it intellectually, but to put it into practice. I, how did I phrase it? I phrased it in a way that I thought was pretty interesting here in the sermon. Um, but it has to do with, okay, that sometimes we want to we want the situations around us to be different instead of learning to live in the situations that we have Mm -hmm. we will settle for what is familiar we will settle for what is comfortable over what could be better and this kind of speaks to your question right we'll take what is familiar versus do the work to make something better Uh, and that's one of the reasons i like the book of philippians because it talks a lot about learning to live in those freedoms not waiting for the situation to get better but learning to work on us getting better while we work on the situation getting better. Okay. Anything else, Tommy? Um, I just, I took some notes. I just wrote down that it seems like it's, um, when you're talking about it's a learned behavior, it's not going to be instantaneous. And it's a process that we gain by kind of walking with God each day. Yep. Um, it's kind of seemed like what I was pulling from what you were reading from the Philippians and kind of referencing there. Yeah. And I think that's a good reminder because I think we live in a, like, 
a society and a culture where we get instant things gratification. Yeah. Instant, one, instant gratification. Yeah. yeah, if it takes more than five minutes for me to go through a drive-through, I'm just like frustrated. What is it? McDonald's <laughs> workers are taking so long. <laughs> well, even like today, you know, it's, it was taking us a few minutes to get online. And it's like, wait, it doesn't normally take this long. Why is this happening? It's like uh, so frustrating. But um, I think just a reminder that it's not instantaneous to have that contentment, that it does is a process, it's learned. Absolutely. You know, uh, Paul writes in Philippians 4.12, he says these words, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. And this is a guy from who, who had everything. Very well-to-do religious leader before Christ struck him blind on the road to Damascus. Uh, so he knows what it means to have wealth and opulence and so forth. And he goes, I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And there it is again, I have learned. But it also implies that this doesn't come natural to us. I mean, you just, I know you kind of joke about, Tommy, and you, you, how it's very hard for you to just kind of be content. But I don't think you're unique in that situation. I think everybody, even people that tend to be a little bit more content in general, would say that there's a lot that they can learn about being content. Mm -hmm. I think the older you are, the more you realize that you would like to live with more contentment. When you're young, you don't really care about it so much because you're like, well, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to make money and I'm going to be successful and I'm going to get a wife, I'm going to get a husband, I'm going to get kids, I'm going to do whatever these things, I'm going to have all these things. And you're like, let's go, go, go. And you never slow down enough. My daughter's kind of in there. Both, well, once again, my son, he just, someday I want to grow up to learn to be as content as my son. <laughs> um, he just moved to St. Thomas and he was showing a picture of the place he was staying. And it's not a nice place. It's a place he's written. But you know what? He's like, this place is great. Look, it's got a... Because he's worked in places didn't have working sink, didn't have um, didn't have warm water. He goes, it's got a working sink, it's got hot water. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's kind of the most basic stuff. And he's like, no, this is good stuff. And he's so he's very content with this place that I would consider maybe not the greatest place in the world to live, but he's very happy with it. Um, but normally, when people are younger, this idea of contentment isn't something that they struggle with a whole lot because they're just so. They're just moving, moving, moving all the time. I think when we get a little bit older, it's something we, we are a little bit more aware of because we realize that all those things that we think are going to bring us happiness, they haven't in those first 30, 40 years of our lives. Well, I think you too get the experience of, like when you're younger, you get exposure to a lot of maybe celebrities or athletes that are leaving, living these kind of extravagant lives that you get to see these small glimpses of. And, you know, as you get older, you're like, oh, well, reality is, like, you have to work and pay for these things. And that stuff's really expensive. It's just <laughs> not, like, the norm. And you kind of get an adjustment of, like, oh, it's because in your lung, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be a professional whatever. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to have all these nice cars. And once you start working and realizing how expensive that stuff is, you're like, wait. Yeah, no, I'm just going to be good with what I have but, here. My but little. even when you get the new car, you're like, oh, it's great. And then, like, two weeks later, you're like, yeah, okay. So yeah. It's, it's just my car. <laughs> Or you, you get the new big TV, you're like, oh, it's cool, look, I can watch the game, I can watch my show. And then a couple weeks later, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. It, exactly. And, 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 and none of it lasts, right? None of it lasts. It's only kind of the stuff that's internal that lasts, the stuff that comes from God. And that leads us kind of to what the first contentment commandment. So remember, this is a learning process. Paul has said it over and over again. Uh, I have learned, right? So we can get better at this. So for those of you that are a little discontent, it's not over. You can get better. Um, and so the first contentment commandment comes from Philippians 4.4. 4. It's very simple. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Paul writes this, thinks it's important enough. He says it twice. 
He doesn't just say rejoice in the Lord. This is what I've told you now. Go ahead and do it. He goes, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. You see this in the Bible. Um, even Jesus would take time to go and sit with his disciples and be thankful, rejoice. Uh, there was just this constant reminder to us about how important it is to be thankful to God, um, to rejoice, to find times in our lives to be appreciative, right? That attitude of gratitude you've heard us talk about here sometimes. Philippians 4.10, the first verse that we read in our kind of our Bible lesson for this weekend, the Philippian church has sent Paul some resources to help him out while he's in prison. And somebody that he really cares about has brought them to him. So not only does he have resources, but he has a friend with him now. And this is how he thanks them at the beginning. He goes, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me. Not, hey, thanks, I appreciate you. It's like, I am going to rejoice in the Lord because of what you've done. Mm -hmm. So thank you, but thank you, God. Right? And I just think that that's such a great reminder because so many good things happen to me in my life. And I just, I, sometimes I forget to thank God for them. I forget to rejoice, be appreciative, develop an attitude of gratitude. I encouraged our uh, sermon people that were with us on this weekend spend time in the morning thinking of five things you're grateful for um, maybe another time to do it is before meals to hold hands with your family or whoever you might be eating with or even if you just hold hands with your God if you're by yourself and just review your day a little bit and be thankful or at the end of the day review your day and thank God for the things that happened in that day right so you have a conscious awareness that in this day these types of things bless me and then to thank God for them well I think we're seeing a lot of um you know, support for that just as a whole, taking time to recognize what you're grateful for, because I think it's a very maybe trendy thing right now mm -hmm. to have like these gratitude journal, this journal that you keep a daily yes. journal of like, hey, three things that I'm grateful for. And I mean, it's clearly backed by, you know, this rejoicing and, and God, and, and it really does help you to find those things that you can rejoice in, because I think sometimes on a really hard day, it could feel like there's not much to rejoice. Right. It's just been a bad day. Yeah. You know, you so you struggled in a couple areas, and how was your day? Oh, my day was horrible. Was every party? Are you still healthy? Did you did you still have a roof over your head? Do you do you still have enough to eat? Was your whole day horrible, or were just these parts of your day right. a struggle? And th and we do. I get it. It's human. I do the same thing. How was your day? Oh, my day. S u c k e d. <laughs> You know, um, but my really by writing this and I, I just started doing this again because I've talked about this and I journal. I don't do it every day. I wish I was a little bit more disciplined, but I've started to really just take a couple of minutes when I do journal at the beginning and the end of the day to just write down a few things that I'm grateful for. And I've only been doing it for a, a few days because I kind of renewed it as I was preparing for the sermon and it's already helping um, me have a little bit better attitude and uh, have a little bit more contentment. I mean, this first commandment's a big one. Well, and I think it's human nature because even, you know, you, you've you talked a lot with parents at the school and, and here and about doing these highs and lows with your kids in the yes. evening. Mm -hmm. And there are days where my kids are quick with their low. Like, mm -hmm. and they're little. It's not even like they've had a lot of like, you know, it's just kind of human nature to be like, here was the hardest part of my day or right. the, the crummy part before they even can take time to recognize like they're high, you know? And I, so I think that was like really telling when they started, when I started realizing that, like, oh, it's not just something we get as grownups and adults. It's like, it's like just part of human nature to be like, yeah. <laughs> it starts early, doesn't it? It's not something you <laughs> have to be an adult to learn, to be kind of, to focus on the negative part. And that's why that first commandment is thou shalt remember 
to rejoice because it really takes conscious effort. It doesn't come naturally. But if you can put some of those some of those practices into your life, right, that come from God's word, that, taught, that the example of Christ, how Christ was always thankful for the things he had. He was always giving thanks to his God. He was always going to his God in prayer. Um, it just, it, it, you got to remember to do it. And so you make it a part of your day. Like I said, make it a part of your wake-up time if you have time in the mornings. But some people have to get up and go. Like my wife wakes up at 6 o'clock. She has to be at work at 7. So morning doesn't work for her. She rolls out of bed at 6. She's like, oh, I hate getting up sore. She can't wait for summer. She's like, oh. You know, but at night she has time because she's done by 3.30. And so her afternoons. So, you know, we try to do it before dinner. We'll hold hands and we'll say something we're thankful for. And then at nighttime, uh, when I journal, that's when I will try to write a few things down. So it's, it's about what works for you, but you have to remember to do it. You have to be intentional about it. And if you do that, benefits. Yes. Physical benefits, not only spiritual benefits, physical benefits. Um, healthier organs, more oxygen comes from laughter. Smiling brings, smiling actually releases chemicals in your body that will help relieve stress, soothe your tensions. These are physical benefits. Those are short-term, long-term benefits. Improved immune system. When you find it to be, to smile, to laugh, to be grateful right? Relieves pain. This is a very interesting study. Improves your mood. People that have suffered from like chemical depression, you know, obviously sometimes depression is such that you need some chemical help to get yourself out of it. I, I know people that it is, it is a chemical imbalance in their bodies and they need some medicine to kind of correct that imbalance. But they have found that people that have these imbalances, even if they will take time to laugh once or twice a day and to rejoice, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Re Again, I say rejoice. That also helps this chemical imbalance. So there's an actual chemical reaction that comes along, positive chemical reaction that comes along with laughing, rejoicing, being thankful in our lives. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it seems like, you know, contentment and joy go hand in hand, and, and there's a lot of benefits there. There really are. So embrace those freedoms that God gives you right learn to be joyful learn to be thankful and rejoice in the lord always and you will start on that process of learning right to be more content we've got four more weeks and nine more commandments so we hope that you will join us in the future uh either join us online on the weekends don't forget saturday night 5 p.m uh and then online we do 8 30 and 10 in person and live streaming or on youtube and you can always go to our websites and check out the sermons as well and there's sermon outlines that go along with it. We really hope that you'll be a part of that. Uh, I'm looking forward to the sermon series. I hope you will as well. I'm excited about it. It's going to be good. We all need a little more contentment yes. in our lives. <laughs> Amen. Thanks for joining us today, guys. All right. Bye. Bye now. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day. Amen.